at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then. When this old world starts getting me down And people are just too much for me to face I climb way up to the top of the stair And all my cares just drift right into space All right, Houston, you've got me. This is Gilbert. Mr. Producer, let that play just a little bit in the background. This is Gilbert Garcia, tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer. And this song, of course, is by the incredible group called The Drifters back from the 1950s and 60s. And it's interesting because it's one of those great doo-wop groups that just because they had lots of changes and so forth, at the end of the day, they just are wonderful. And this song, I just always enjoy it. When I think about being up on the roof, there's so many beautiful lines about all the stars come out at night and they put on a show for free. It just makes me feel like you're there, you know, talking to the Lord. You're there talking to something greater as you stare into the greatness and glory of the stars. So let's go ahead and turn that off there, Mr. Uh, producer. And so here we are. Uh, it is the day before Election Day. So I want to tell everybody, please vote, vote, vote. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia saying, vote, vote. <laughs> vote. So there you go. Thank you, producer. I, I, well, thank you for that. So we have a guest today. Mr. Producer, you're going to find this very interesting. This is Miss Angelita Sampaio, but she allows Houston to call her Angel. And she is uh, one of the founders, founders or one of the main persons at Emancipet. And before we talk about Emancipet, uh, Angel is like, there's that song by uh, Johnny Cash. And so Angel is with us from Houston via Albuquerque, Indiana, Brazil, Costa Rica. I mean, remember that song? Maybe you don't know because you're too young, but Johnny Cash had this song where he mentions all these towns. He goes, I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Well, you've been everywhere. What's your favorite place? Brazil. And why? Oh, there's so many reasons why. I think it's just it's such a unique place. I love the, the culture, the language. Um, I love the beaches. I love the food. And I love Carnaval. That's a big thing, too. Right now, it's actually you know Mardi Gras Carnaval time in Brazil. Wow. Well, let me ask you, I mean, you, you kind of have that international look. I do. So, you know, I mean, right? I mean, don't mm -hmm. you think you do? Oh, definitely. And I'm fluent in Portuguese. So when I am in Brazil, people assume I'm Brazilian. Very good. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what they say, when in Brazil, do like the Brazilians. I don't know who says that. Maybe it's in a fortune <laughs> cookie or something like that, Mr. Producer. But somebody says it. If not, I'll take credit. Here we go back. So, Angel, Emancipet, I went on the website. And I thought it was amazing. But before we go to the amazingness, I don't know if that's a word or not, the most important thing is this. The animal care in this city, in this country, stray animals are such an issue. Mm -hmm. I go around the community and I hear people talk about stray pets running around and people don't feel safe sometimes. These animals are hungry. They're not, they're diseased, all of these things. And, uh, what do you see from your standpoint about that issue? Is it real or is it more myth? It's definitely real. 
Um, so I moved here from Los Angeles in 2006, and I immediately found stray dogs all over the street. So I lived in the Heights, I lived in Montrose, and I would just find stray animals, and I did not understand where they were coming from. Um, so I started volunteering with Friends for Life and then Rescued Pets Movement, and I started um, fostering with them as well, and came to learn that a lot of things that are different here in Houston, um, one of the main things is our, our weather. And so animals breed year-round, where you go somewhere like Colorado, Minnesota, and they don't have the same kind of issues that we have here. So year-round breeding, and um, we do not really have spay and neuter regulations and laws like a lot of the other places do. Some people have laws? Yes, they do. And like, what does the law say? You so, must do it? Or? For example, um, so RPM, Rescued Pets Movement, they um, pull animals from the city, city pound here from Bark, and then animals that are in the euthanasia list, and then they transport them to Colorado, because Colorado does not have the overpopulation that we have here in Houston. They have the, the opposite. They actually have a shortage in all the shelters. You cannot find puppies no in kidding. shelters. Yes, you cannot find a lot of animals that are um, adoptable. And so uh, they transport animals every single week to Colorado, Minnesota, and a few other places. Um, but they do have regulations. So, for example, some people are required to actually spay and neuter their animals. If an animal is astray and found and picked up by the city pound, they require them to get spayed and neutered. So there are some different regulations based on where you live. So if your dog or cat is running around mm -hmm. and the the dog pound we say dog pound what does that really mean when you say dog pound i mean i think so dog pound is kind of like i think about pound like pound what is it pound puppies back in the 80s they had a pound puppies um but really it's a city shelter and every okay. single one is different um but here it's you know city of houston and do they really have like you see on the movies a dog catcher walking around with a big net i see a dog i mean is that really going on not so much there are they're animal control officers um and really depends on the animal sometimes they have to be darted if they're you know too uh, fearful or aggressive um and so it really depends but sometimes they'll come to them right away but really it's a lack of resources too because i know that we do not have enough animal control officers here in houston but the other thing is once they actually obtain the animal where does the animal go because the city shelter is almost always overflowing with animals where they're having to euthanize because they have to make space for other animals that are coming in God, you're going to make me cry right now. Yeah. Uh, and that just happens all the time? You, all the time. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Mm -hmm. Well, golly, out there, Houston, if you have a space in your home for a pet, yeah. where do they call? What do they do if someone says, I hear that, I don't want that to happen, I'll just adopt a pet? What What do people do? Well, who do they call or what website do they go there to? There are so many resources here in Houston. Um, if you look up just, you know, Houston rescue groups, for example, I always say try to adopt your new best friend. Don't, I mean, try not to you know, buy an animal from a breeder or a pet store. Um, the main thing is, you know, the, the rescues have animals that need to go to really good homes. And so they have a pretty good vetting process as far as, you know, background checks, veterinary checks. Um, but those animals, sometimes, you know, they always come with a, a fee, if you will, an adoption fee. And it may seem high to some people, but it's really because they're covering the cost of spay and neuter, all the vaccines, um, and all the initial treatment that the animal needs to get healthy and well to be adopt adopted. Very good. So let's go to Emancipet. First <laughs> of all, uh, your, your father was a biologist. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what did you study in school? So my undergraduate degree, I actually have, um, it's Latin American studies, studies, Portuguese and Spanish for my undergraduate. And then I have my MBA from Adams State University. And how did you go from that to, you know what, I'm going to work with animals? It was it was quite a transition. So kind of like my, my travel pass, my, my employment pass has been all over also. Um, so actually when I graduated from the University of New Mexico, we had... Um, a few different stations were there, and one of the stations spoke with me. He said, what are you going to do with a degree like that? It's kind of a, an odd degree. You know, Latin American studies, Portuguese, and Spanish. And I said, well, I'm going to work for Univision. And sure enough, I was that was my first job out of college was Univision. And I worked in Albuquerque um, with the station doing FCC compliance and regulations. And then my boss, um, who was actually became ex executive producer of a, a game show in Los Angeles, said, do you want to come work for me in L.A.? 
So I transferred out to Los Angeles and I worked for Univision on a show called Trato Hecho. So you know, remember Monty Hall? Yes. So it's Let's Make a Deal. Let's Make a Deal. Exactly. I remember Spanish. that. Door number one. Yep. And it was always something really great. And you said, or do you want door number two? Yes. And you're like, oh, and you always should have just stuck with what yep. you had. Mm -hmm. And then you go to door number two and it's like uh, a blow up doll. Exactly. You know, it's like a something for your pool, whereas you gave up a brand new car. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. So that's what it was? So that's what it was. Yep. So we had Monty Hall actually came and coached us on how to actually run the Come program. Come on. It was did really, you meet him? I did meet him. Is he a nice man? Very nice gentleman. Yep. Wow. Yep. And I was able to shadow at Wheel of Fortune because it was my first time working in TV as far as like game shows and I didn't know what, really what I was doing. So my, my boss was wonderful. He got me a lot of coaching and I was able to really learn how to run the program. Can you get me on the show? It's canceled now. So it was a Wheel good show. Wheel of Fortune's canceled? Oh, no, not Wheel of Fortune. I'm sorry. I, thought, I think it meant our show. Our okay. Oh, yeah, your show. Well, yes. just get me on any show. Okay. I, I, I want to be discussed. Covered. Well, it's funny, is Vanna White, she's actually like really, really, really tall. Is she tall? No, I mean, I'm sorry, she's very short. Oh, she's I'm short. sorry, she's very short. Yeah, she's very, sh I mean, as far as her height, she's very short. And so you see her on TV, she looks, you know, always in her like nice heels and her dress and everything, but she's actually really tiny. No kidding. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very interesting. Well, let's go back to Emancipate yes. because, okay, so you joined Emancipate. I did. And what is your role there? I'm the vice president for Houston. And so y'all have how many clinics? We have numerous clinics. So we started it back in Austin in 1999. And so we have about three clinics in the Austin, in Austin proper. We have Colleen Pflugerville, and then we have some mobile units that go throughout Centex. We have two clinics in Houston, we're opening our third one in a couple of weeks, and we're actually in Philadelphia. So the Philadelphia is kind of, you know, a one-off, but because we had a partnership in Philadelphia and a, a donor and a sponsor out there that we, we collaborated with, um, but we're actually going to be expanding and expanding more, probably trying to scale like five clinics a year if possible. Wow, mm -hmm. so let's go to that for a second. Sure. So. Y'all are now doing essentially the same thing. You're a veterinary clinic for essentially people of, of lower income me, uh, means. Is that a fair statement? That is. That is definitely. And so what's like the mission statement? So our mission statement is to make veterinary care affordable and accessible for all pet families. So regardless, if you make six figures, if you are, you know, if you're making minimum wage, we want to make sure that we have the resources to provide so that you can take care of your animal. Um, a lot of reasons, actually one of the top reasons that animals are surrendered to shelters is because their families cannot afford veterinary care. The ASPCA did a study many years ago and they looked at, you know, what are some of the primary reasons people are surrendering their pets? And a lot of times, you know, I mean, everyone's different, of course, but if you actually go to the city, the city pound and see people surrendering their pets, a lot of the times it's a very heartbreaking experience for them. Perhaps it's their last choice that they have. And so seeing that and knowing that access to veterinary care, um, also access to, you know, specifically spay and neuter, because if they don't have access to that, then their animals are reproducing, reproducing. Right, right. And then those animals are perhaps, you know, you know, like they're, they're stray animals or they just, you know, they get sick from parvo distemper, disease spreads, and then and it becomes a community health issue. And it's expensive. Because you got to, I mean, a pet is a is a, like a person. Yes. And you got to feed them, and you got to take care of them, and they get cold in the winter time, mm -hmm. they get sick. Mm -hmm. You got to trim them. I mean, it's it's all of that. It is a lot. Yep. Very good. We have a caller though. I think we had a caller there, producer. Would you send our caller through? Do we have a caller there? And who am I speaking with? This is Molly Cook. Molly Cook. Is this Molly for Houston? Molly for Texas. Yeah. Molly for Texas. <laughs> Molly. You know what? I'm going to start calling Molly for America. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's. I think we need you for America, Molly. So I know you've been on the show. Everyone here in Houston knows Molly Cook. You're running for Senate District 15. Tell us what's going on out there. And when you're knocking on doors, well, let me go. How many doors have you knocked on? 
Um, I personally got the, it was something over 1,500 the other day, but the team has knocked on over 60,000 doors, and we have only ramped up in the last few days. Oh, my goodness. Much higher by the end of Tuesday. And, and what, well, listen, you're getting, you're getting applause from my studio audience. Let me ask you this. So um, what is the number one and number two issue when you're out there that people say, Molly, I'm glad you're here because blah. You know, it's funny. Every neighborhood is different. The district is really diverse in every sense of the word. It's very exciting. But I do hear a lot of concern from people over voting rights. People are very, very concerned about having um, access to the vote, being able to vote with ease across demographics, across ages. And then really the second one comes down to active representation. People want to see and get to know the people that represent them. They want to see the work that you're doing for them, and they want to feel that they have access to them. Those are the two biggest things that keep coming up. So you're running against the dean. Um, you're, you're running against the dean. Let me ask you this. I mean, what are people saying? I mean, does anyone even know him? You know, some people, surprisingly, some people don't know him, which I really can't believe after a 49-year uh, you know, career in politics. And then some people do, and the opinions vary. But, um, you know, I do hear a lot of folks, no matter how old, no matter how young, saying that they are ready for change. They're ready for change. Well, I, you know, I tell you what, sometimes change can be good. If there's ever a time, it's now. Because if you look around, we, I mean, we just got to do better. Somehow we, I, we just yeah. got to do better. Well, you know, I, I have a guest here, Miss Angel Sampaio with Emancipet. How? What do you hear? Do people say things when you're out there knocking on doors about, I just see these stray animals everywhere? You know, not as much that I have heard from some of the neighborhoods that I've been in. But I will tell you that when I was door knocking for I-45, I got bit by a dog. So, no kidding. Um, you know, that is a real problem. And I think people don't always connect that it's a public health issue, but it really is for pets and for people. Well, tell everybody your website there, Molly, if they want to contribute or sign up to volunteer. Election Day's tomorrow. I've been telling people vote, vote, vote. Uh, tell everybody where they go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, polls are open 7 to 7 tomorrow. I'm telling people, you know, pick a location that's close to your home that isn't super popular to avoid lines. But if you want to meet me, I'll be at West Gray tomorrow, 7 to 7. And uh, you can go to mollyfortexas.com, all words, mollyfortexas.com, to find out more, to see the Q&A if you want a side-by-side -side of, of the dean and me together to compare. And otherwise, we'll see you out there on Election Day. Molly, you got the last word. What do you want to say to Houston? I just want to say the don't let them get you down. They're trying to take away our right to vote. They don't want us to feel powerful. Go out to the polls. If you have to wait in line, it is worth it. Make your voice heard so we can start shaping real change. Excellent. Well, thank you, Molly Cook. That was Molly Cook Houston here running for Senate District 15. And you know what? We're going to hear so much about her. Uh, believe me. We're coming back to Emancipate, though. So Emancipate. How many uh, would you say, I don't know the right word, animals do you see in a day in a, in a clinic? Because you have two in town. We do. So we so, have two clinics. So how many do you all see in a day? It depends on the time of the year. The summertime is our busiest time. Um, so what we do is um, each doctor has their target rate as far as spay and neuter, but our minimum usually is about 30 to 35 um, spay and neuters per day at each clinic. 30 yes. per day? Mm -hmm. We do high volume, which is very, it's not, it's not common. It's very unheard of. Wow. Mm -hmm. Uh, wow, that just sounds like... It's a lot. That sounds like mm -hmm. a, lot. a lot. These doctors, uh, 
obviously they could be in the private sector. They choose to work at Emancipate. Correct, correct. Yep. How wonderful. It's the mission. It's the fact that they can finally say yes instead of having to have barriers or having to turn somebody away, which is different than a lot of other places with full service. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. We have another caller. Caller, you're here with a tip from Gilbert. Talk to me. Hi, this is Karen. And I was just wondering if uh, there was, you mentioned there had some places that had uh, regulations that required spaying and neutering. Is there any thought of putting that in place in Houston, especially since the problem is so bad here? Very good, Karen. We thank you for that question. So is there any, first of all, who would decide such a thing? Is that in the legislature or the city? It's numerous levels. And so I know there's been discussion on different levels. Um, I know I work a lot with Houston Pet Set and they do a lot of legislation, um, but really it's going to mostly be a city type um, issue or as far as like passing any kind of legislation on that. So it'll be the city um, and then it comes from, of course, the mayor's office and, and numerous other representatives as well. And so let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Those that are in the sort of, I don't know the right phrase, and the pet helping business, are y'all for that? Or do you view it as, oh, no, that's not the right thing? It really depends on who you're talking to. Um, I know for us, we want to look at ways to actually increase access versus causing an additional barrier or requirement. Um, so I think that that comes down to if we're going to require spay or neuter, for example, how is someone going to afford that and how they can actually be in compliance when it comes to that, of course. Interesting. And so it really is. It's one of those things, again, we're all about access to care. And so it is tough if you had an additional layer of a requirement. For example, let's say someone's animal is taken to the city pound, and then in order for them to make them back, they have to have them spayed or neutered, and that family really cannot afford that. Then what do you do, like, what do, you do at that point? Well, so let me ask you this. So what's, I mean, do you just do dogs and cats? At Emancipate, yes, we do dogs and cats. Okay. And so it's spay, neuter, wellness, and heartworm treatment and prevention. Has anybody ever brought you some sort of strange animal and you say, I'm so sorry, I can't do an ostrich? I mean, I'm Thankfully, sorry. Thankfully, no, we I have mean, not I'm had sorry, that. I'm sorry, I can't do an ostrich. you got to go to no. the ostrich doctor down the street. I mean, I just wonder if people, I mean, what do people do with, um, I mean, what's another common pet? There's a lady I know who has a pig as a pet. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, where does she go with that? So... Our, actually, our, our chief medical officer, she lives in Austin. She has a pig. Um, so there are, I mean, there's exotic They say pets, pigs are very things. smart. They are very smart They say animals. they're one of the, they after have, like dolphins, they're like they the are. smartest animals there are. They are, and they, they I mean, they really too have, have feelings. You can see like their little eyes and everything else. They have oh a lot of Oh my gosh, yep. you're kidding. So tell me, where do they go? So the different veterinaries that, like, veterinary clinics that specialize in that, for example, it's not as common, of course, as a regular cat, dog, and exotic um, animals. So let me ask you this. So you're gonna expand. Are y'all funded with private funds, with city funds? So we're a nonprofit, and so um, the way that we operate is since we are high volume, we have to make sure we're high volume or to you know pay our bills. So our revenue, eighty percent is from services provided. 80% of our revenue comes from that. 20% is with fundraising. And to be quite honest, we're not very strong when it comes to fundraising. Not as strong as we should be. I think a lot of people do not know we're a nonprofit because, of course, someone comes to us and they're paying for a service. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, we have to subsidize that cost because in order for us to keep it low, we have to make sure we do the high volume, that we keep our prices at a certain price point. Um, and so really it costs us about, you know, $16 at least to keep that pricing low for anybody. Um, even though like our spay and neuter is $89, if you go to a regular full service clinic, it's $350 to $400. So to spade, and remind me, what does the word spade mean again? So spaying applies to female animals. Female, okay. Yes, and then um, neutering is like a male, a male dog. A male, okay. Mm -hmm. And that's the same for you, you neuter a dog or a cat. Yes. It's just male. Yes. It's and exactly. you spayed a female mm -hmm. dog or cat. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it costs how much uh, to someone went to the to go to the clinic? At our clinic, it's eighty nine dollars, and that includes includes pain medication. 
Um, we also try to get everyone to buy a, an e-collar, for example, that's an additional $10. What's an e-collar? It's a little um, collar so that they can't get to their incision site. So you know, like when your animal has surgery, oh. it's like, kind of like a little lampshade, if you oh, will. Oh, I've seen those yes. dogs with those cones. Yep. I wondered what that was. I thought they are like sunbathing. They look like it, exactly. They're, so it's, they're like sunbathing. A little, it's like a little lamp. Producer, you ever see those dogs that have a... They've got this big cone, and, and you think they're there just absorbing the sun rays? Like a lamp. Like a lamp. It's a lamp. So now you know they're not sunbathing. That's so they don't, like, bite on their exactly. scar. And that's, like, really what one of the primary complications are after surgery is because, of course, an animal's going to want to lick their incision site. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that's when an animal can, you know, get um, any kind of complication post-surgery. And so we make sure that we really highly encourage our clients to get a cone, and sometimes if they can't afford it, we yeah. can help with that. But and there's stitches, right? Yes, there's sutures. Mm -hmm. yeah, so ev everyone's different. Ours are, ours are dissolvable sutures that dissolve. Is a suture a stitch? It's, it's, it's similar, yes. It's just kind of the way that it's done is different. I see. Yeah. And so, and so you, don't, you don't have to cut them out afterwards. They just dissolve afterwards. You're, you're, you sound like a doctor yourself. I wanted to be a vet. To be quite honest, when I was in high school, I really wanted to be a veterinarian. So growing up in Albuquerque, we lived a little bit north of the city. We were actually kind of close to some of the Indian reservations that were out there. And a lot of animals were dumped in our neighborhood on a regular basis. And Dump me. Somebody just said. Just abandon them. Just mm -hmm. throw a piece of something out there. Mm -hmm. They get out of the car and then they just drive away. Pretty much. Yep. So you got to be kind of a. I'm just a heartless person to do that somehow, it's right? It's really but, heartbreaking to see that. Yes. And that's that's why I wanted to become a vet when I was younger. So I actually shadowed with our local vet, who's more of a country vet. But it was too emotional for me and just very heartbreaking in the sense that it's not just, you know, fun surgeries every single day. Um, sometimes, you know, animals, sometimes people will come in and actually have their pet um, euthanized because they don't want to keep them anymore. Or, at, at Emancipate? No, no, not at ours. Oh, I was going to say, no, oh no, no, not at ours. So, um, okay. um, when I was younger, when I was I in see, high school and I was shadowing a doctor, a veterinary, um, uh, he had a veterinary practice in, in our, close to our home. But the nice thing about Emancipate is we don't see that because if you see the opposite side, we see people that are coming to Emancipate waiting hours sometimes to be seen because they love their pet. And so that's what I love. We don't, we don't, you know, do euthanasia, for example. We do all just wellness services, so spay, neuter, wellness, and then heartworm treatment. And one thing for me is, you know, I worked a lot in rescue, and I fostered more than 200 dogs for RPM, mostly like mamas. You fostered 200 dogs? like More than 200. Like in your home? Point. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yes. I mean, not at the same time. Not at the same time. Okay. So I have three dogs of my own. Um, they're all 15 and a half years old. Oh, and my goodness. And I brought them from Brazil 15 and a half years ago. Oh, my goodness. So when I foster, my dogs do not like a lot of other dogs, so I have to make sure that I do it very carefully yeah. in the sense that um, I always foster either small puppies or a mama with newborn puppies, and they're kept in a separate part of my home away from my dogs because I don't want to have any right. kind of tension or issues. Well, let me ask this. So when someone fosters a pet, do they know how long they're going to have the pet? It depends on the rescue group. So, again, the reason I foster for RPM, Rescued Pets Movement, is because it's very short-term, and that's the group that sends all the animals to Colorado. Um, and because they have weekly transports, depending on the age of the animal, normally you'll have them maybe for like one week to a couple of weeks um, because they have to get all their shot series before they actually travel. So, for example... Um, and you're in charge of their food and everything. So the rescue normally provides some of that, and then if you can, you know, pay for it yourself. They prefer that, of course, because they are a nonprofit as right. well. And so they will get you set up with some of the initial supplies, but you know, they need potty pads, um, puppy food, and then puppy pens and a few other things. But really, it's just about opening your heart and your home to that animal because you can truly be that difference between the animal being euthanized, put to sleep, or to actually having a beautiful life in Colorado with an amazing family. Golly. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take a lot. It does not. It does not Especially if you have children. The children will love them and, do, and will just play with them. And it's a really good experience for kids, too, I think, because they can understand like how much of a difference they can 
make by doing a small act of kindness, right? And it's a very short, a very short amount of time to dedicate, you know, to the animal. And a lot of times, really, with puppies, I mean, they're in a puppy pen, they're playing, they're doing their thing. You feed them, you clean up after them. But that's all you really have to do: make sure that they're healthy and, and happy. And it is hard to say goodbye when they do leave. At the same time, for me, I know that I've done my piece in their rescue journey, and that what they're going to have in their future is, you know, a wonderful life ahead of them. Which, if they had stayed here in Houston, you know, and had been euthanized, obviously, would be the opposite. And I'm very fortunate where a lot of the people who have adopted my former fosters stay in touch with me. And I'll see photos of my fosters like on a boat, on a plane, or just living the best life, you know, going on hikes. And just to think that they've went from being a forgotten animal here on the euthanasia list to being someone's forever animal, for me, is just beautiful. Well, you know, I'm not a cat fan. I know you told me that. But I'm a dog <laughs> fan. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about dogs is uh, I don't know who came up with man's best friend. At the end of the day, when you look in the eyes of a dog, you can like see their soul, yes. right? I mean, mm -hmm. you, you know this is a creature from God, I and mean, this is like a living, beautiful thing with feelings, and, and I don't mean feelings like if you hit them, they hurt. I mean emotional feelings. Right. Am I right? You're right, and you know, they do say that, you know, if you look at the word dog and you spell it backwards, what does it spell? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Who came up with that? I don't. I didn't. I wish I could take credit for that. Oh but my that goodness! Well, me. I'm going to take credit right now. Yes, if you, you if you if you spell it backwards, it's God. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? It's sort of God's gift to humanity. It is to really because when you're down, it's strange. When when I see my kids and they're sort of down or something, or, the dog knows. They do. And will come and and just for no reason, just cuddle up to them and just start just laying on it. We'll just do that yep. to show this affection. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Well, let me ask you this. So uh, when people come, do they have to qualify or no. they just come in and no questions asked? No questions Here asked. Here it is, 89 bucks. Exactly. And our thing is, again, again, the access for all people, right? And, you know, we don't know if someone, for, you know, for example, has a mother who is terminally ill with cancer and has really high medical bills. We don't know what someone's background is or maybe they just want to, you know, be able to save some money on the end of spay and neuter and wellness so that they can provide something else for their pet or somebody else. And so for us, if they're there at Emancipate, we want to be able to serve them and help them regardless. So we don't have any kind of income qualification or anything. So there's no test? No. There's no sign something and no. you, you certify this. It's just come in because we help. Exactly. How wonderful. Well, what's the, uh, the difference in between dogs and cats? Is it 50-50 or? As far as our clients that we see? Yes. Um, no, we see more dogs. Really, for as far as wellness, we definitely see more dogs than we do cats. And as far as spay and neuter, it's pretty, it's pretty comparable, really. I mean, as far as we, the way that we have it broken down is with the 30 to 35 surgeries a day. Obviously, it's a, it's a, um, a mix of like large female dogs. So that's very time consuming. Large female dogs take the most time. It's really tedious for a doctor to go and do that, where a male cat neuter is done in like a few minutes. Interesting. So you have to make sure you have that perfect mix. So the doctor, of course, and the rest of the team are able to accommodate. What, what makes a time. large female dog so, is it a something physiologically about yes. them? It's, I mean, there's any more layers that they, the doctor has to go in too, and then the way that they're suturing and tying, and then you know sometimes the larger females they have like more, like more fat, for example, or so they may bleed a little bit more, and so just, there's a lot of components when it comes to why it takes longer. But really, when you're looking at a large female dog, especially if they've had puppies in the past, um, there's something called a pyometra, which is an infection of the uterus, which fills with pus a lot of the time. So a lot of animals, or female dogs that are not um, spayed, can become sick with a pyometra. And what we do is, I mean, basically, if you have your animal spayed, you can avoid a pyometra. And a pyometra, when, that ha when it comes to that point, if that explodes within the animal, they'll become toxic and many times die. And so that's why we always try to encourage as many people as possible to get their, their dogs, especially, you know, females and males. But the females spayed at a certain age because that way it avoids the pyometra from happening. But you future. wouldn't know that until later, so right? It's not like you see 
the swelling or do you see no, some sort of so swelling? People actually refer to us from full service doctors a lot of the times because that can be very costly. It can be $800 to $1,000 sometimes to have that wow. treated where we just treat it as a regular spay. It's more time. I mean, you have to, you know, it's more work, you know, as far as that's being done. But until about three months ago, it was the same cost as the spay. Now it's a little bit, I think it's like $20 more than it was. Um, as, uh, than the that's a bargain service. though, really. It still is. It really is. Wow. Well, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. So then uh, is there like a, I mean, are they there on a bed or, or I mean, is it like a, you know, when you th when you think of a hospital, mm -hmm. this is how little I know, you know, every, the, the, there's a, you go into the ER and, or the operating room and they operate and then you go into a recovery. Right. Is there a room with all these animals recovering? So it's a very specific model that Emancipet has. And because it is high volume spay and neuter, and again, we've been around for 20 some years. And so we've just kind of made it into a very specific process. Um, so it's always one veterinarian, and then we have three technicians. A technician, one is one a, vet at each place. At each clinic, yeah. At each clinic. Mm -hmm. So we have our, our boy. Surgeon. They're busy. They're very busy. They're busy. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just one vet again doing thirty to thirty-five surgeries yes, a day that's busy. at each clinic, and then we have one doctor doing wellness. So to answer your question earlier, as far as wellness, um, our wayside location has been around for about seven years now. During the summertime, we'll see a hundred plus visits per day, and what that means is visits is just for people coming in for wellness. Um, they're coming in for their vaccines, they're coming in for a heartworm test, um, or heartworm medication, or flea prevention. And so we'll see 100 plus per day as far as visits at the Wayside Clinic alone. So that's a lot, normally about 120. And so in our wait time to see our doctor in the summertime can be three to four hours because we do not do appointments for um, wellness, we just do walk-in. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And what are, what's heartworms? What, what is that? So heartworm actually is a really, um, it's a very, um, it's a pretty nasty disease that's easily preventable. And it's very big here in the south especially because they come from mosquitoes and what it is is it can from, from a mosquito who's infected with this um, they will bite a dog and if the dog's not protected with heartworm medication they can become heartworm positive and then what happens is all these all these worms they look like long spaghettis almost um, will start formulating in the dog's heart and to the point that they can stop breathing at one point no kidding mm -hmm. all this from a mosquito from a mosquito how does that happen and you don't know what mosquito i mean again it's just like a random mosquito that has as a carrier and so the way the best way to prevent it is through heartworm prevention and um it's a month well it depends on the kind of medication that it is there's monthly there's some, some that lasts longer but basically i know for my dogs it's, it's a monthly pill that i give them that prevents um heartworm and then flea and ticks from from becoming an issue but the heartworm treatment itself, again, a full cost clinic can be a lot of money. Um, at our clinic, it ranges on by the weight of the animal because that's a, a factor of the treatment. So like 200 and something to 450 is kind of the range of what we have for our heartworm treatment, depending on the size of the animal. Um, but really, it's one of those things where, unfortunately, people do not know about heartworm prevention a lot of the times. And so by the time they find out about it, it's a little late. And then it becomes to be more of a, not a prevention, but actually like a treatment program. And so one thing we do, too, is when someone walks into the door, we don't, knew, we don't know like what they know about animal wellness, for example. So we go through all that we offer and why it's really important. And so, for example, if an animal is not on heartworm prevention, we talk to their owner about the importance of having them on heartworm prevention and how important it is to get them tested. The dollar, I mean, it's $20 for a heartworm test to find out what the status is at that point. Because many people think, oh, my dog's inside. You know, they're never going to get heartworm disease. But the truth is, I mean, you open that door numerous times throughout the day, Mosquitoes are going to come in, and that may be that one mosquito that gets your dog. And, and can we, as people, get it? No, we cannot. So if, if the same mosquito bites us, we don't get heartworms. Mm, correct. Why is that? I don't know. And can a cat get heartworms? It's not as common. It's really, really, really rare. God, na nature is just so amazing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how that is. Yep. Uh, well, let me ask you this. So, Houston, if you're out there and you're listening uh, and you need a little help, Go to Emancipate. Yes. So where do they go? Give us the address and the, sure. and the website and everything else. 
The best way to follow us is on our website, which is emancipet.org. And then mm -hmm. um, you look at the locations, you, you click on Houston, and then you'll see the different Houston clinics. Um, and so right now we have our, our existing clinic from the original clinic is on South Wayside in 45 by the Big Fiesta. Mm -hmm. And then the other clinic is about six miles from there. It's further south on Monroe in 45 in Monroe Medical Plaza. By hobby? Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. And what, what's the phone number? Oh, my goodness. You're putting me on the spot. It's 713 753. I forget what the rest of it is. I can okay, I, I get okay. it for you. Well, okay, the bottom line is so people can go to the website, mm -hmm. they can go, yes. no questions asked. Usually the wait time is somewhere between zero and three hours. Yes, it depends. And I mean, I would not go on a Saturday if you're in a hurry because Saturday is our busiest day usually. And the nice thing is we have kind of. Um, Differentiating as far as like dates, like Monroe's open on Monday when Wayside is closed, but then Wayside is open Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and Monroe's closed. We kind of try to kind of have different. Okay, um, options so they're not open seven days a week. Not yet, no. And one of the okay. big issues that we are not open is there's a big, really bad um, veterinary shortage here like, throughout the United States, but especially in Houston. And so we're always kind of struggling with that as far as we'd love to have additional days, but we need additional veterinarians as well. Oh, here we go. We got the number. It is 866. Does that look correct? No. Oh, it may not be correct. That's from the, so that, but the Houston number is different. It's a 713 number. Um, we'll come back. We're, we're trying to get that number. We're going to get it to it. I just know it. 713-753-something. There we go. No, we're going to get it in one second. So let's go back. So people call in. They come in. It's not every day. So give those days Per, sure. for the clinic, each so different one. the South Wayside, which is again, South Wayside and 45 by Fiesta, um, they're open Tuesday through Saturday. Okay. And it's pretty simple. Um, as far as surgery, surgery, you have to call in and make an appointment. Um, there, see, there we go. Aha, <laughs> we have it now. It is 713-321-2713. So if you have a question, it's 713-321-2713. And while we're doing numbers, callers, you can call in anytime, 832-570-8075. You can write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. And as you recall, we are every Monday, 11 to 11.45 on KWWJ, which is Keep Walking with Jesus, 1360 AM, 96.9 FM. And, of course, tomorrow, make sure you go vote. Vote, 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 vote. Ah, but we have a caller. Uh, caller, do you uh, are you there? Yes, sir. Please, you're talking to me. This is Gilbert Garcia, a tip from me. And you have Miss Angel Sampaio of Emancipat. Talk to us. Hi, uh, Gilbert and Miss Angel. This is Zakia Lalani, and I am actually wife or Dr. Salaman Lalani, who is actually running for state representative House 76 on the Democratic ballot. You just spoke about the vote. Tomorrow is the voting day. Tomorrow is the election day. Those people who have not voted yet in the early voting, we highly, highly recommend and encourage everyone to come out and vote. Why? Because voting is your civic right and responsibility, right? We need to come out and vote. We need to vote for the right person for the right candidate. It's very important. I urge you, all of us, all of you, to whole community, if you really want to have a fair representation, if you want that the people who can serve you nicely, you need to come out and vote for those people. So I would recommend and encourage all of you to come out and vote. Vote for Dr. Suraman Narani, who's running for state representative position, the 676 on Democratic ballot. So and where is that, where, where's that district uh -huh. about? Do you know? 
So District 76 is actually a big district in Richmond and Sugarland area in Fort Bend County. So um, if you are living in towards Richmond on the 1464 area with the Ariana, uh, Old Richmond, um, what you call um, Windsor and uh, Orchard Lakes and those places are, you're part of Ariana, part of Harvest Grain, Mission Band area, the whole Mission Band area is also actually in the, in the 76. And if you're living on 90 and towards Imperial uh, Town West area and then Sugar Lake, Sugar Creeks, this all rich, uh, 76 but this is all our area where you can vote for dr Suleiman and so what's all 76. what's the big issue in the district do you know offhand what are the big issues well, there there's so so many issues whenever we do a poll for the issues it's always healthcare. number one is healthcare. number two is a healthcare. number three is a healthcare. number four is a healthcare. then it comes to education so the main issues of every community is a healthcare access and education so we need to make sure that we choose the right person who is a physician who has an experience who has a credibility in the and who does the public service who does a lot of community service engage in the community so that is dr solomon Dalani. and really really want everybody to come out and vote for dr solomon Dalani, who can represent us who's one of us wonderful well thank you very much for calling in and uh, we wish y'all very well for tomorrow so thank you so thank much you. for calling Just remember yeah remember democratic family ask for the democratic ballot and look for house 676 race which is dr Solomon lalani it will not say doctor on it it will say Solomon lalani only he's number three on your ballot please vote for him thank wonderful you so much. and go out and vote and represent your community that you exist Thank you so much for calling. We have another caller. So here we go. Uh, caller, let me hear you. Caller, you're talking with me. A tip from Gilbert. Hello, good morning. And who do we have this morning? This is Dolores Lozano. Dolores Lozano, you mean the Dolores Lozano? Yes, this is the Dolores Lozano. Oh, my goodness. Well, tell us about your race, and, and where are we? Now, you come from a a, a, a long-standing uh, family of public service, right? Tell us about your yes. mom. Yes, so my mom is the chief deputy at Precinct 6. She's been in law enforcement since as long as I've been alive. I like to say I grew up in the back of her patrol car, so very very grateful to be raised by such a strong woman. And my dad, he's a carpenter. He's uh, been part of the unions for a very long time. Um, they're really passionate about our community. And I will be the first in my family that will be elected into office and looking to become the first woman, first Latina to serve as the next Harris County Justice of the Peace in Precinct 2, Place 2. Well, tell us this now, explain to me, what does the Justice of a Peace do again? So a justice of the peace deals with a variety of cases. The most important buckets are eviction cases. Um, we also deal with traffic tickets and truancy cases. Truancy deals a lot with our, our children. I'm very passionate about quality education. And I wanna ensure that in this position, I give families a voice, students a voice, and the overall community a voice. I wanna ensure that our kids are not put into the system at an early age and that our families are not kicked out without proper representation. Well, let me ask you this. What, I'm sure it was probably your, your mother that inspired you to run for office. Uh, who else has had a big, uh, 
I don't know, uh, big moments in your life? Who else has really inspired you for things? I think there's there's been a lot of uh, inspiration. One, as a survivor of domestic violence and having to give voice to the voiceless and really wanting to ensure that everyone has a seat at the table or at least has a voice at the table. So I'm very grateful for a lot of elected officials that we that serve us today that have bro- broken the barriers to to getting on the ballot. So I want to give a shout out to Representative Christina Morales, Constable Sylvia Trevino, as well as Congresswoman Sylvia Garcia and State Senator Kara Alvarado. Wonderful. Well, we're going to give you the last word. So what do you want to say to Houston right now here in the 11th hour before Election Day? Please, please, please get your voices heard. Don't miss your your chance to make your voice heard on the ballot. The polls are open tomorrow from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. There is a ton of polling locations, so don't, don't miss out. And please, please vote for Dolores Lozano for Justice of the Peace in Precinct 2, Place 2. Go all the way down the ballot. There's a lot of incredible people on the ballot. And so really, really hope that everyone shows their civic duty and makes it their way to the polls tomorrow. Dolores, thank you so much for calling in. You're here with Thank a tip you, from Gilbert. You're very welcome. Thank you for calling in. So we're going back to Emancipate. And you know what? Um, did you remember the show Carol Burnett? The Carol Burnett show? Yes. I remember it was on Nick at Night when I was It's on Nick at Night. Nick at Night. Okay, well, there you go. Well, <laughs> Carol Burnett, of course, was a comedian, mm-hmm. and she had just a fantastic show. And at the end, she'd always sing the song, I'm so glad we had this time together to have a laugh and sing a song. And it keeps going just before you know it. Comes a time we have to say so long. You ready for this? It's forty-five minutes. It is. Yes. How? That's that's what happens on the show. So fast. I know. When you're having fun, it goes like that. Yes. It goes like that. That was really. So that's why before we have our closing song again, which was written by Carol King and her husband, Mm. um, I want to make sure we give the critical information to Houston. Yes. So if you wouldn't mind saying again, in addition to make sure you vote tomorrow. Give us uh, hours of operation, where to go. The phone number we'll read again. And it's spade, neutering service, ring. Just go through the whole thing. Let's sure. make sure everybody knows the website so we can really do our part to give these animals a wonderful life that they deserve. Perfect. Okay, so the main um, source is emancipet.org. And then, of course, searching for the Houston locations. Um, our number is 713-321-2713. Thank you for that. And actually, we have a call center, and so all the calls are filtered. And then, of course, they're going to be able to help you in Spanish. So we, everyone in our call center speaks Spanish. That's a really big thing, too. And most of our staff speak Spanish as well. Again, the access to care, right? Um, and as far as services, wellness, which is um, regular vaccines, heartworm prevention, flea tick prevention, um, you know, nail clippings, and a few other services. And then spay and neuter is by appointment only. Wayside is open Tuesday through Saturday. Monroe is open Monday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But of course, if we have any kind of cancellations or changes to our schedule, that'll be on our website. Also on social media, our Facebook page. We're pretty active on Facebook. So there's numerous pages for every single location of ours. So definitely follow the Facebook Houston page and, of course, Instagram. And so, of course, you can go for the services 
Or if you need information, I'm sure they can get it to you about adopting a pet mm -hmm. because we need foster parents of pets. Is that the right word? Foster yes. parents of pets? Yes, exactly. To parents. really help these animals through their transition as we try to find them homes in Colorado and other places that are, have shortages of pets. Exactly. So please, please call Emanza Pet. They do great work. You guys have a gala or anything coming up? We do have a Tell gala, us. yes. So it's actually our seven-year anniversary and it's our first gala this year. Um, do you know Tracy Faulkner? I do not. Okay, she's a wonderful philanthropist. She's my co-chair, and so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're having the kickoff party um, on the 11th of March, and then the actual gala is on um, May 12th, and that's our first. It's the 007 theme, because it's our seven year, Ooh. and it's James Bond, and we're having a fashion show. It's a pet fashion show. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're honoring Tina and Tama with Houston Pet Set. We're honoring Councilmember Gallegos, and we're also honoring Unity for a Solution. Wonderful. So give, give it one more time. So the... Uh, the, the event before the event is when? The kickoff party is on March 11th. Kickoff party, March 11th. Mm -hmm. And the actual then, um, is it a gala? Is it's it, a gala. It's yep. a gala Our night. Our 007 gala is on May 12th. And where is it at? What That's hotel? That's going to be at the Bell Tower on 34th Street in the Heights. Wonderful. So there you have it. Yep. We are here with Emancipet. They do what I can only describe as the Lord's work. Yep. Because caring for others, there's a direct correlation between people who care for animals and people who generally live a wonderful life. And so uh, we're very grateful for all the work that they do. We're going to hear this wonderful song, Up on the Roof, by the Drifters. And uh, Mr. Producer, you'll be happy to know that I love that part about... Uh, let me just get back to it. Well, here, you can just listen. Just listen and soak it in. And imagine yourself in a big city on the top of the roof, getting away from it all. Let me tell you now when I come home feeling tired and weak, I go up where the air is fresh and sweet. On the roof, I get away from the hustling crowd and all that rat race noise down in the I wish I could write a song like that. I mean, what talent. What talent. All right. We're here with Facebook now, and we're going to have our last few minutes. You can let that play through there, Mr. Producer. Uh, we just heard, of course, Up on the Roof. It's just one of my favorite songs. James Taylor, of course, did it. And it's all about just sort of getting away from it all. And when I think of it, I just think of sort of a spirituality of just meditating, relaxing, looking up at the great skies and marvel at this universe that the Lord has created for us. So we have Miss uh, Angel, she lets me call her Angel, Angelita Sampaio of Emancipet. And we've talked a lot about the issues around stray animals, but that's not really what this is for. This is really for, they don't turn away anybody. Uh, if you want to spay, neuter, or other general care, ringworms, heartworms, mm -hmm. uh, that's what they service. So let me just give Angel one more time for everyone out on Facebook. This will be on Facebook forever and ever. Um, 
what is what motivates you and what makes you happy to go to work every day? So there's, when I started, my background is mostly in oil and gas, but most of my career was in oil and gas. And See, oil and gas, spayed and neutered animals. Very I don't different. Know. Very I don't different. know. That's, that sounds yes. very different. Very different. Um, but I wasn't, all my spare time was working with rescue groups and fostering and volunteering. And so I was trying to figure out what could I do to like be happy every single day with my career. So I was online doing some research and I ran into something called Ikigai. Have you heard of this? No. I-K-I-G-A-I. I. K-I-G-A-I. G-A-I. Ikigai. It's a Japanese um, philosophy. And it's, it's called your reason for being. And so what it does is it couples your profession, your passion, your vocation, and your mission. All these four components and like how you come together. And what it is, it talks about, okay, so what it is as far as like, why are you here? What is your purpose? And for me, it's to help families keep their pets together. Because I know for me, I've had my animal, my dogs, personal dogs, 15 and a half years, and they have been there through thick and thin, through good times and bad, and they're like, they're my true best friends. And so for me, it's like, I can't even imagine what it would be to surrender them because I couldn't afford to take care of them. And so our mission is to keep families together and to break down that barrier of access to care for veterinary services for families, and especially families that um, cannot afford to go to a full service clinic. Well, it has been a joy to have you today. Thank you. And every time I hear you, I just, I mean, you sound like a doctor. Oh, thank you. I mean, you sound, I mean, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to have to get a thesaurus out and go back to some of the words you mentioned today. But no, you, you really sound like, like a vet, veterinarian. Um, that just means you love it. I love it. That's what it means. You love it. I do. I do. And, you know, there's so many animals that are highly adoptable that are out there. They're looking for wonderful homes. And so whether you can foster, adopt, donate, whatever you can do to support some of the local groups, it's going to go a long way. Amen. I'm going to read it one more time. So please adopt the pet at 713-321-2713. That's Emancipet. That's where magic happens. And so let me just sign off and say thank you to everyone out in the cyber world. You're here with me, a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. We're here every Monday from 11 to 11.45, KWWJ, 1360 AM, 96.9 FM. And, of course, it's always 832-570-8075. A tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. Don't forget, tomorrow, a very important day, so make sure you go vote 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 doesn't matter we have our own preferences it doesn't matter whether you're republican democrat who you support what race the bottom line is make your voice heard so we thank you houston and we'll see you next week this is gilbert andrew garcia join me on my new radio show a tip from gilbert talk inspiration and prayer every monday from 11 to 11:45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then.